episode 491 of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's ready to throw those resolutions right out the window. In this episode, we talk about past design trends, kaleidoscope, and quick card game review. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So turn down your treadmill speed and set it to cruising mode, because it's time to stroll into another episode. I'm supposed to do this for a whole year? off every episode by going around the table, which is where we talk about things that are new, fun, and noteworthy about our weeks. Happy New Year, everybody. We did it. We made it to 2023. Patrick said it couldn't be done. In your face, Patrick. Do you ever just feel like, man, I can't believe I didn't die this year? Every year, I think Patrick made another year. (laughs) Like I remember, I remember when we were super into uh, uh, Game of Thrones. This is the last time I I vividly remember thinking this. And they announced the final season, and the final season was like two years out. And I remember thinking, oh, please don't die in the next two years. I really have to see how this concludes. And then after you saw how it concluded, what would be the show that like now you would be like upset that you like didn't make it to the end for? Okay, I'll, I will tell you one that I'm upset about that that I won't get to see, and that's that. Um, uh, I can't remember. I can't remember who the filmmaker was, but John Malkovich is, is an actor in it. So if you want to look it up, you can look up John Malkovich like hundred year movie something like that, and you'll find the details. But basically, a movie was made. And the stipulation for the film is uh, the the studio is not allowed, or 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 whoever's a state is not allowed to open the fil- the film and to actually show it until a hundred years have passed. So this film is sitting in this oh. vault. Oh, it's apparently called Hundred Years. <laughs> Thank you, Doc, for sharing the link. So this film is sitting in a vault right now. And the fact that I won't get to see it drives me crazy. I kind of love this. <laughs> I love that you it, like, can't see it. it. And I think there's an actual like cut trailer for it as well. But you cannot see it. We will never get to see the film. And it's just going to sit there. Okay. Let's, uh, let's start uh, the show. Kick us off, Lauren. During the last few weeks, I've mostly been in Florida. I went and stayed with my mom, and that was fun. Uh, experienced, like, the coldest Florida has been in many, many years, I think. So that was interesting. But it was just nice to, like, hang out with family and, like, take a break and, you know, have a lot of Christmas cheer and such. It was a good time. We're just going to talk about one movie and one TV show that I really enjoyed. Um, have we talked about Bullet Train yet? Have you guys seen it? I saw yeah. it. I really thought it was fun. Like, I expected nothing from this movie. Like, I I kind of expected it to be bad, honestly. But I was like, well, I like some of these actors, and it looks kind of cool. And, like, we all wanted to watch it, so, like, we did. And it was, like, really fun. It's basically Smoke and Aces on a train. Like, just out out of the box, really crazy, very stylish, insane fights, like, on every car of this moving train as, like, all these different mysteries (laughs) kind of unfold. Uh, my brother described it as fortunately, unfortunately, which I also think is like a funny way to describe it. Cause like the movie's kind of about like being lucky or like unlucky one after another and like something good will happen. Then something terrible happens. And like, you, you know that this is coming like the entire movie, but it's still like become like the keep upping the ante of how bad it's going to get. So I, I just like really thought it was like 
a very good time watching a movie, especially because it's on Netflix, you know, like it was so easy to watch. No, I, I actually enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I didn't anticipate liking the film, if I'm honest. Yeah, kind of where I was, too. I ended up real so specifically the characters Tangerine and Lemon. Oh, the uh, best. I actually loved. <laughs> I don't need another film from them, but they need to go ahead and greenlight them for like an HBO series and just like, let it just be. Can we have Aaron Taylor Johnson come back and play another superhero, please? Like <laughs> during the film, they talk about past like exploits. Like they mention, oh, that job here and that job here. Mm-hmm. So there's all your episodes. Every episode just needs to be a different job that oh, we I would see, watch that like show. and just <laughs> one after another tangerine and lemon that's what they need to do and i'll be all over that um the movie itself no i i did enjoy it up until it just felt like the movie that would end there's like three maybe, false endings to it maybe like the last 30 minutes of the film i could have done without i just wanted it to be over <laughs> at a certain point because i was really 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 enjoying it and then right when it was i felt like it was about to conclude at least the first time then I was ready to be done, and it just wouldn't stop after that. <laughs> the train literally would not stop after that. I tried getting <laughs> off the train, and it wouldn't let me. <laughs> I don't know. That definitely didn't didn't uh, bother me at all because I like honestly, I had no expectations. So I was just like, "This is crazy. It's getting crazier." Like that final fight really is like the the pinnacle of everything that they did in the movie. So it's like pretty epic. That there's that like one extremely like CG shot at the end could have done without that, but everything else I thought was like really funny and just. Lauren. A good time. Let me ask you this. Which one of us would you say is a Thomas? <laughs> the More tank engine? Diesel anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally so said long. you're a diesel like so many times since I've seen this movie. <laughs> I cannot remember anything about this movie. What? <laughs> oh, I, I, I mean, great. I remember the big, I remember the big like uh, mascot getting punched in the face. I remember, <laughs> I remember the sticker with the, the Thomas the, and the diesel, like the but snake? I don't, I don't remember the context of it. Like I remember little punchy elements of it. Yeah. Um, it didn't make a lasting impression. It was eye candy, but it, it, it didn't make a lasting impression, apparently. I mean, it's definitely one of those movies that could very easily go in one ear and not the other because, like, there's not a lot to it. There's not really, like, any big, uh, like, lesson to it or, like, I felt like I learned something from it. It was just, like, hilarious to me. It had Kill, yeah. it had kill Billy and um, pieces to it, too, especially yeah. towards the end. Like, there were some Feels elements. Feels like that- a little Kill Bill, a little Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Like Smoking Aces is a movie it reminded me the most of and maybe like a sprinkle of um what's the one where they're on the train uh with Bullet Chris, train. Uh, yeah, no 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 with Chris <laughs> Evans. Snowpiercer. I wouldn't it's it's fine for you to say that, but I will say anybody listening that hasn't seen Smoking Aces, go watch it. That's Oh yeah, that's I, a fun this is another movie very much. For like in a this guilty pleasure, genre, that's yeah. probably like a top two guilty pleasure for me. So so, yeah, if you like Guy Ritchie movies, if you want, like, a good, fun action movie, Bullet Train is waiting for you on Netflix. It's a lot of fun. Um, and then the other show that I kind of fell in love with during this break, I've been waiting to watch the show until I could actually, like, sit down and enjoy it. And, like, I was, I'm really glad that I saved this show because I loved it so much. And that is Interview with the Vampire, which is a sort of reboot, sort of sequel Another Brad thing. Pitt film. I know I'm on a roll. (laughs) Um, So like if you've never heard of Interview with the Vampire, like you can still watch this show. It doesn't really rely on you having ever had any prior knowledge of the series. But if you do, there's just some fun Easter eggs. And I would say like that's really it. But I think this is like a really cool way to like reboot this series. Uh, I like was a teenage girl and read all of the Anne Rice books way back when. Um, and so like, I, I don't remember like every detail of the books, but I did like go and reread some like summaries and stuff of some of the later books. Cause I, 
I like half remember those, but they're they're good books and they're a lot of fun. And like the movie really only touches on the first book. The show is already like hinted at things that will go on, like not even just in like the later books, but stuff that's in like her side books because they're doing like a, a witches show, like based on the like Mayfair witches books that she did. So AMC is kind of going all in on this like Anne Rice universe thing. And like this first season of this of Interview with the Vampire was freaking great i really really love this so like i said it's kind of a little bit of a reboot a little bit of a remake there there is like the interview with the vampire has already happened and this takes place like 40 years after they had that first interview with the interviewer and the vampire getting together again and talking about it again because they never published the interview and felt like it didn't go right because they got into a fight at the end and so like they need to like rehash this and I think that that like it's made it really really interesting because it lets you set it in 2022 and so they have talked about COVID and like how vampires deal with that which isn't as funny as my brother's movie but it's still very interesting um they have like uh, I think they care at all yeah there's you know, there's don't some... spoil it don't spoil yeah. it it's but not I a huge like plot a point but it's interesting don't um, I, like, live forever as long as I keep drinking blood? Like, what do I care what's in it? Well, it does matter <laughs> in this universe. Yeah, uh, but not. anyway, uh, the, there's also kind of, like, a, I think a much more interesting dynamic between the two of them because the interviewer is an older person and not, like, some young hotshot. It kind of makes their their conversation about immortality and existential dread to be, like, a lot more poignant with, like, an older person who, like, is sick and having trouble. And so, like, I just think it's, like, super cool how they changed it and then obviously one of the biggest changes is they changed Louis to a black person who is played by Brad Pitt in the movie um at first I was like a little nervous because it's like why did you do this because in the book he's like a plantation owner so I'm like a little nervous by the idea they did this but I think they actually made it work even better they kind of updated the story a bit so it takes place like a few years later there's not slavery but like he um is a pimp and so like there's something where like you know he's like still involved in like something not necessarily great when he's a human you know like so you have some like questions about him and I just think it sets up like a much more interesting like questions that you haven't really like had about vampires like in this setting because it's usually just white people so I think like it does add some like interesting questions to like the the mixture of what they're talking about plus like they they directly talk about like him having to deal with racism like before and after he's a vampire and like that's super interesting. Yeah. So I I just thought like the this show is super cool. It's done really, really well. Like the costumes, the setting, everything. And then like one of the most fun parts for me is like this is unabashedly gay as hell. Like the movie goes out of its way to like avoid ever having anything gay. And this is so, so, so gay. Like, the two char- main characters are having sex by the end of the first episode. It's not HBO, so, like, it's not explicit, but, like, you you know what's going on. And this, it was just, like, this is nice because, like, this is a series that has had to, like, avoid this for, like, a long time. Every other time it was, like, remade or whatever. So, like, the fact that they're just like, nope, nope, they're gay. Don't, don't worry about it. Like, it's just nice. <laughs> I haven't seen the original movie so I don't have any frame of reference for any of this stuff, but I guess they get together at the end. They're together the whole time. The the kind of the whole story is like a vampire romance of like, you know, Lestat changing uh, Louis to like be his companion forever. And it's like them falling in and out of love throughout the centuries. <laughs> what I'm saying is I haven't seen the movie, so I don't have a I don't have a frame of reference for that. Yeah. Well, okay. the, I like the movie a lot as well. Like, to be honest, like it's it's pretty great. But the, the the this show, I think, is a better version of this story. It's like a cooler update. It's like way more modern and just like what it's thinking about and talking about. So like highly recommend Interview with the Vampire. It's also cool because like before Anne Rice died, she helped write this first season. So I feel like her impression is is like 
really like felt in the show. Like they take a lot of her writing into the narration sure. of the interview and stuff. And I think it's like integrated it just the right way. And like, it feels really cool to me that like the way that they managed to do that. So just hats off. This show is really cool. If you like uh, vampire stuff, this is going to be like great. And like, if you like the original movie, this is better. This is just better. Hey, okay, you tossing That'll it to uh, Patrick, go for it. <laughs> I, said, I can't say the phrase that'll do pig to, I shouldn't say that phrase to our female co-host. I appreciate That's, it. You, you can choose not to say it to me either. <laughs> no, it's, like, I'm carrying a little holiday weight right now. <laughs> okay. Best. I asked before we got on the show, I asked, asked people their best uh, gift. I also asked the worst gift, but I'm not going to air those, but I did ask the best gift. I'll tell you my worst gift. But for the best one, I have a uh, buddy that is a uh, airline pilot. He flies for United, and uh, God, it's not Southwest. <laughs> su- well, he wouldn't have to fly if he flew for Southwest. <laughs> Super nice guy, uh, loves meat. That's a fun fact about him. And uh, and I talk about uh, uh, wings. And I talk about plane stuff. And I, I'm just a little kid when it comes to planes. And so he gave me a gift. Uh, the gift was tied. With a little bow with one of the uh, flight attendant like plastic wings on it, but I opened uh, the gift I and was inside there when you got this. I know inside oh, yeah, is a set of the American Airlines. Um, I I think they're all it says is shirt wings. So I'm just calling them captain's wings. Okay, that's what I'm calling them. But here's the American Airlines captain's wings, and then he also <laughs> included a set of Delta. Airlines captain's wings because I primarily fly Delta, and it is such a I I just that's cool. You have been in pursuit of those the better part of five or six years. So I went. If y'all don't know this, is it on my board? He has a vision board. Not. I (laughs) bought. I spent ninety dollars on eBay to buy an older set of Delta's captain wings. Mm -hmm. I also have like the wings that. Do you ever wear them? No, no, no. in fact, I, I just realized I don't know where they are. <laughs> I think that's I think, they're that, I think they're buried in that shelf right there. Um, and then I have like you know, Kolb put out that set of wings that he did with the uh, company that did like the tiki mugs and Got stuff. Got the aviators, old aviators cap on and a skull. Mm-hmm. Which these are about the exact same size as those, yeah. by the way, the United Wings. So I, I snap, I snatched those up. I've showed you the uh, wings uh, I got recently. Uh, that were gifted to me from a Vietnam pilot that are the, um, I'm blanking on the names of those right now, but like Bill. those navigator wings. Well, no, I know <laughs> Bill's name, but I meant na- uh, like senior navigator uh, wings, whatever they are. So mm-hmm. I, I have those. And so then to also get these wings, it's awesome. So now this has now set me on a trajectory where I need to get captain's wings for as many airlines as possible. So um, if you work for an airline that is not Delta or United, Send me some wings. Or just tell me where I can buy them. Like, if you have access to purchase them, I'll send you money. I don't mind buying them from the shop. So, like, you buy them from the shop, send you money, and ship them to me. Basically, Great. Patrick is saying, don't wait till next Christmas to give him I these. I want it now. <laughs> if you want to give them to me, I can wait. I can be patient. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Daniel Batal dropped a video on YouTube about Filmora. Uh, for those, it's possible someone in our audience is familiar with it, so I wanted to bring it up, but but this is crazy. I just want to pitch this situation to you because it's not unlike some of the situations we hear with software around us, and that's there's this company called Filmora. Back in early days of Filmora, in, in like so, so uh, knowing that it comes out like Filmora 2, Filmora 3, they just now released version 12. 
Okay. But back in uh, Daniel Batal specifically, I think started using it back in version six, you could buy a perpetual license. And so this just said you pay one price now and forever you get the product. Um, now at some point along the way, they started saying, well, we're not going to give you plugins, but you'll get the core product. Uh, and they kept doing that and they've done that every year. And so he's been upgrading for free every year because he bought a perpetual license way back when, when they offered one And as an early supporter, this is a benefit of being an early supporter for Filmora 12, which just came out. He logged in, he tried to log in to use the software and he couldn't, it said that he needed to pay money to use it. Nice. Uh, he reached out to support, talked to them. And what they said is, um, and, and it's, um, here's what they said. They said that your perpetual license, uh, allows you to get software updates but we consider version 12 to be an upgrade not an update and so you have to pay the full price for it no and so versions 2 3 4 5 6 up to 11 were just like, yeah all those yeah. all those are fine just garbage and then yeah. they and then they cited information in their terms of service from Filmora 9 which Obviously, when he bought his license was back in six. Right. Uh, and then on top of that, he just went on the Wayback Machine and found several instances where it very clearly said in their FAQ that version 12 would fall under perpetual license. And that, and that this license, uh, there's language somewhere else that they he found in a previous cached version of the page that says it applies to upgrades, blah, blah, blah. The point is, Filmora just made up this concept went and updated all these parts of their site to to support their claim. And then they're trying to strong arm these long-term users into paying for the service. Even though these would have been, these people would have been early adopters choosing to show loyalty um, yeah. very early on for the trade-off of having a perpetual discount. Because again, he still has to pay for plugins and things like that. It's not like they're never going to get another dollar from him. On top of that, this guy used to be a sponsored brand ambassador for Filmora. He has made put tons of videos on YouTube and his his videos covering Filmora have millions of views. It's like tutorials showing people how to use it. And again, they continue to strong arm this guy. So um, all that said... So wait, he's literally like selling product for them and they're still like giving him a tough time. Like that's ridiculous. Basically, like, so this... Oh, we forgot on, to say that Filmora is a subsidiary of the Loyal Subjects. <laughs> Yeah, so that good company. Yeah, and Adobe. So this went on for several days. It ended up getting picked up by uh, LTT, uh, and it got picked up by Lewis Rossman, which if you follow any of the Right to Repair stuff, he's a very big voice on that side. But uh, this got blasted out by a lot of people. Initially, Filmora said, nope, this is what we're doing. Then Filmora copied, put a copyright claim on the guy's video and he got a copyright strike which he's having to fight with you know youtube's service that they have to handle that and then film and then finally on like day four filmora said fine we'll give you an upgrade but in the same tweet where they say that okay we're gonna you know sorry for the confusion we're gonna let everybody that has a perpetual license upgrade to 12 in the same message they also posted a message that's like oh and if anybody posts a video that's like that we deem as untrue information, uh, we reserve the right to take legal action. Like, wild. Still very, very crazy. So all that to say, don't give them money. Like, they've shown that they don't care to honor uh, any type of reasonable agreement. And on that note, don't give anybody money. 
that it shows that they're not willing to offer even a reasonable agreement. The only way that these practices stop is if consumers stop bending over for them. <laughs> That's just the reality. So if you don't like what Adobe does, stop using Adobe. Because if you keep using Adobe, Adobe will keep doing what they do. And that's the same for loyal subjects. And that's the same for you know any other person that that, uh, that you could pick out. So uh, that's all. That's the Filmora stuff. Um, okay, so that said, uh, I'll make sure I keep my master category super short. But uh, Andrew, do you have anything else I, going on with you? Yeah, I have I have two, two things. A lot of stuff has happened. Um, but two things I want to talk about. One is a Christmas gift. And this year, um, I had lots of, of cool things, but I think this is the most unique thing that I got for Christmas. And um, I think I sent you guys a, a, a picture of this. I know for sure, Patrick, you've seen it, but I think I sent it to both of you. Um, I got for my, uh, for my, at my office, there was a secret Santa. And from my secret Santa, um, for my final gift from Secret Santa, I got this box. It says Disneyland oh, on yes. it. Oh, yes. And it's yes. an old-looking box. I'm like, what the heck is this? And it says Main Street Electrical Parade on it. All right? It's really cool. It's got a, it's got a sleeve, like a, a, uh, a protector sleeve around it. And there's lots of names on the side, names of different organizations. I'm like, what the heck is this? And so I opened it up. Inside, what you have is a light bulb from the original Disneyland Main Street Electrical Parade from when it was from it started in the, the late 70s when it was decommissioned in 1996. Uh, when they first decommissioned it after the first time, they took all the bulbs off off and then they presented them in these in these containers and um, sold them and gave the money to these various children's uh, foundations and organizations um, around oh, the nice. country. And uh, my secret Santa, who is my, my friend Adam, um, he and he listens to the show. So um, Adam got me this gift. It's super unique. It's super cool. Um, it's going to sit on. I'm going to I'm getting some shelves to put back here and it'll be sitting up on there. Um, but it's That's so neat, cool. like very unique. It, there's only there's an obviously a limited number of these things because they're actual. You know, they're actually from uh, the Disneyland yeah. parade. Um, the parade has been has been relaunched and decommissioned three times since then, I believe. But this was from the original, um, and I don't know that they've done this since the first one. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's a really really cool thing. So yeah, I think that's cool. I think that's at least in top contention for my my number one Christmas gift this well, year. I heard everything else you good got. Pick. I'd for sure that say that's your best. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> and then uh, this upcoming weekend. <laughs> A what five days from now, I am um, going to get my fourth one of these guys. So we've got uh, 2006. Nice. Oh, I thought you were going to hold up a crutch. <laughs> 2011. Nice. And then as recently as 2020, the Disney World nice. Half Marathon is this coming. Saturday. These are all medals that he's holding up, by the way. For sorry, those yeah, people sorry. who are just listening, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I have the three the three finishers medals. Um, the older me. ones are pretty cool with the, like, Donald faces. I like those. Yeah, so this is, uh, you can see how far they've come, right? Like, this was the, mm-hmm. the, the, the one from 2006 is just an outline of Donald's head with, like, a, a 3D pressing of him inside. But it's all one color, and it's like that traditional textured metal look. Um, it's die stuck. 
Oh, dice struck, I mean, sorry. Dice struck. Uh, here's a dice yeah. struck Donald. Big old head for the 2011 version. And then this I, I this one's my favorite one because I think it's just rad, the, the coloring that they do on it. Um, yeah. And the banding, like they they changed it from just being like a like a dongle to like this full like slit right there that the whole thing kind of goes into. The, the necklace piece is just so much more comfortable than the older ones. Anyway, I'm going for my fourth one of these. And the deal is, I'm gonna get one. <laughs> I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna finish. Um, but I haven't been cleared to run. I haven't run in almost oh. four months from my calf injury, and the my physical therapist have still yet to clear me to run. And I leave for Florida very very soon. <laughs> like I have to. I'm driving, so I'm leaving a little bit earlier than I normally would because flights right now are a cluster. Uh, and mm-hmm. trying to get anywhere, it's so unreliable, and it's just going to be way better for me to have my own car. Um, but I'm telling you, this is uh, <laughs> Patrick is looking for a participation medal. Um, I'm sure if you can, if you can test, I'll it, give you, you could the money if you come back with a medal for me. Okay, give me the money, and I'll, I'll. If you give me the money, I'll find a medal for you. <laughs> Maybe you come back with a medal, then I'll give you the money. How okay. expensive is good. this? The race $200. was the race was like 225 bucks. Mm. Yeah, for the for the race. Um, so I'll be walking most of it, power walking and running as as much of it as I physically can. I tried doing five miles today. I ran a half mile of those five miles, and my time was just above where it needs to be in order to stay in front of the 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 slag wagon. Um, but I think once the adrenaline kicks in and everything, I think I think it's going to happen. Um, I'm speaking it into existence. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited for that to be done and to come back next week with some new hardware. Um, the theme, the theme this year is nineties. So all the medals have like nineties theme, like the bright pastel colors and like the squiggly lines. Like it's, it's what I I hate the look of it, but it's what is on trend (laughs) right now, which Lauren is a perfect segue into what you're going to be talking about in a little bit. But, um, I, uh, I am excited for that to be done because when we're finished with that, there's a brand new cookie at Gideon's that's got like toffee and like cookie butter in it. And I could not be more thrilled than to pick up one of those things. So that'll be myself. What if I just get one of those instead of a medal? Is it less than $200? Uh, depends on if you get more than five. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's not a ton less. You gotta pay Andrew's like delivery (laughs) fee at this point. (laughs) Not a ton less. Um, let's just say, uh, because I'm driving, I can bring more back with me, but be, that'll offset the cost of not flying. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's what that looks like. All right, that's going to be it for our Around the Table. Up next, let's talk about some master categories. Every week we get to talk about the dice we rolled several weeks prior, and then we choose whether or not we want to listen to those dice, and we pick our categories. And then we pick our topics based on those made-up categories. At least that's how it's going to work this week. Because it's been a few weeks, and just <laughs> flat honest with everybody, I prepared for something that wasn't my category. Yeah, so speak for yourself. We're it changing was up at the one rules. point. Your category at one point. <laughs> at one point, I did have it. I rolled it three <laughs> different times. Um, but uh, but that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about our master categories to kick off the new year. Lauren, what do you got? All right. Um, so I am going to talk about uh, like design trends that have kind of gone away in the last few years. Like, because we have a new year, you know, what are we? Just not seeing anymore, you know, like what have we moved on from? And to be clear, I don't want to say that I think any of these are bad. It's just things that like used to be absolutely everywhere and like 
now just you don't see it very much anymore. And, and Ooh, it's can not we th- say if we think they're bad? I mean, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can give me your opinions. And if you guys think of other ones, feel free to chime in. And I'm not going to say these like have completely disappeared off the face of the earth. I know that they still exist, but I just see them far, far less than I used to in like the, you know, 10 years ago. Um, so like number one thing that I thought of was kind of like a vintage or like hipster style. Like I feel like we've moved away from that big time with a lot of more like phone stuff. Like uh, things are a lot more like clean style like not like maybe some texture but like not like old style illustrations and those kind of things added in but I think like kind of like retro style used to be like really really big about like five years ago and like that is just kind of phased out in favor of a lot more like flat uh, futuristic kind of style like less like um less stuff less like type you know like it's a lot cleaner sure. style these days and to be clear I like that style like I, it's how I kind of work but um, I think that like I just don't see it like everywhere like I feel like it used to be for a while like especially packaging I feel like for a long time like took the kind of like vintagey look and like ran with it which is great you know like I like again I like that kind of stuff but I just don't don't see it as much anymore and like another thing like in that vein is like custom um, like custom typography and specifically like on chalkboards. I feel like the chalkboard trend was like huge for a while. I got hired to do several chalkboards and like uh, no one has ever hired me to update those chalkboards. <laughs> you know, this is maybe a weird comment, but I, I associate a lot of chalkboard art specifically with restaurants. Yes. And that part of me makes me go like, did COVID kill chalkboard art? <laughs> because people weren't getting hired to do interiors of buildings and maybe. things like that. And, and inflation and a lot of other things. Like a friend of mine used to work at um, Whole Foods before they were bought by Amazon or whatever. And like they used to pay her to just do like custom illustrations of like cute fruits and vegetables on all of the signs for the week or like a month or something. And like that is completely gone now. So I think some of those things just like go away after a while. But it is true. I I remember right before COVID, if I think back to the Creative South, we went to the year prior to COVID, Mm -hmm. uh, there was a fairly decent population of both chalkboard, but also um, interior hand-painted things. So not only chalkboard, but also like hand-painted. There there was a a decent number of artists that fit in that niche. And I Mm -hmm. have to imagine that COVID was very unpleasant to that group of people. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like, Uh, unless you're kind of making it for yourself, it's probably... This not is not this is not exactly anymore. it's not ex- the, an exact one to one, but I think it's a pretty close correlation. I was talking with Alicia Cologne last week about mm-hmm. her change of job stuff over the last couple of years, and yeah. some of the industry that she was in with very hands on DIY crafty style artistic yes, expression yes. stuff, not not digital design, but like IRL design, and how that totally like COVID totally wrecked all of that stuff and had her, you know, had to start from scratch on, on just business planning. So it would make sense that chalkboard stuff would be in there. They would do it more in person because they're like collaborating in with real stuff or like, I don't know. I think people weren't weren't out doing stuff in the, in real, in the real world. And if your stuff doesn't translate to digital, everybody went digital. You know what I mean? So yes, that's that's true. Yeah. Cause like I, work at a like you know um event place and we had all in-person events and now it's all just powerpoints (laughs) you know uh so to go back to uh you kind of said a a couple of points in your first thing you were talking Mm -hmm. about retro design 
you're talking about the move to to more uh, simplistic, more negative space. Flat, yeah, I think that's kind of like another like up and coming or like still going trend. I think. But uh, thinking in terms of now, this has been a long pendulum swing. But if we look mm-hmm. at how uh, branding has evolved, especially over the thirty years, the past thirty years, it's constantly like stripping out a couple more elements, stripping out a couple more elements, stripping out a couple more elements. And so the the brands that we know very well now, but even but but of course brands that are coming up tend to to rely on or or <laughs> look to what is popular, right? Um, very minimal, not just in the number mm-hmm. of strokes, but in the amount of space that like marks take up. And and do you think, or have you seen with the work that you do that businesses are starting to push back on that and want more distinctive or or bigger or um, like wanting to do larger marks? Or is it still the trend of strip more away, strip more away? I mean, we're about to be the at the place where we just do initials and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean... For a lot of the work that, like, I've been doing for, like, corporate clients and stuff, minimalism is by far, like, still a, the, a big trend, especially with, like, PowerPoint stuff. Like, because, like, I think people have finally realized that if you put too much stuff on it, it's really cluttered and hard to read while you're also talking, you know? <laughs> like, because most people are giving presentations, not just, like, handing it off to somebody. And so, like, it's just kind of um, a different vibe. But, however, I feel like the number one complaint you will get from every client ever is like oh there's too much negative space like so they'll find something to put in there but it'll just be like a giant picture and then all your tiny type on the side (laughs) I just feel like that's always like there's like well but there's so much space over here what could we use that for like I don't feel like that's ever like always practically used the way that it's meant to be because like we will submit nice designs with lots of space and then they're like oh but that's free space yeah what's a margin that's just what we make yeah that's the mm-hmm. that's the money we make it has nothing to do with these slides. Yeah. But I I definitely see like a lot of that like very minimalist, very like flat vector style like still very popular at the moment. Like I don't know how long much longer it will last because I feel like it's a trend that's been around for quite a long time at this point, but like there's been kind of variations on it. Like the paper cut style was like really big for a while like on top of this sort of and like I don't see that as much anymore. Um or like more treatments and like textures on the illustrations. But like, I think that's just what time will tell. That's what's fun. Let's see what Man, comes out next. I feel like people were at home ready to get crafty. I, I feel like if there was a way to channel this into um, something a 30 year old woman sitting in her living room could do for her and her friends, that that would have been massive during COVID. That, so going back to Alicia, that is what she pivoted to. She did these, these SVGs, well, she did these kits where she would print out and cut all the paper stuff and people could assemble their own mm-hmm. things and they could buy those kits. But the production of that just is, it's, it was just too much. She now has an SVG kit that you can buy. You can buy the rights to. And then all of, oh, not all of these, but a lot a lot of these, um, these crafty, uh, these crafty people have like cricket cutters and they have, silhouettes and they have these things that can run SVG files and people can cut their own and make their own crafts at home. So that was the way she pivoted. So I feel like maybe this is just me, but like, I feel like a lot of projects I've worked on lately have had their budgets cut. And so like, they're not like, they don't have enough money to like pay for more elaborate illustrations, you know? 
But anyway, um, so uh, I've j- maybe like one more thing that to talk about that I feel like I just don't see as much that used to be literally everywhere is infographics. And I know that there's like some versions of that. And I feel like icons have come out of infographics sure. and kind of become much more popular. But that used to be like literally everything that everybody asked me for. It's like, oh, we could just add an infographic here. Like, I feel like that was like always needed or wanted. And like, I, I don't hardly hear that at all anymore. Yeah, I, I was approached uh, with uh, with where I where I work. Uh, what was it, a couple weeks ago about the idea of doing that, and it was just like like there wasn't a big draw for it, and it was like I I remember two years ago, three years ago, and all anybody ever wanted was some sort of infograph. Like a yeah. multi-page infograph or a multi-page. Yeah, really you know. elaborate. <laughs> and I remember doing those, I mean, spending weeks working on those. And mm-hmm. and now this 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 few weeks ago at the end of last year, it was like doing the year, you know, year in review. It was like, uh, I don't think we really need anything for that. <laughs> like, okay. Just a very, <laughs> a very different perspective than where it used to be. I'm kind of glad that one's gone away though. They're hard to make. <laughs> But they make you they make you a better they make you a better designer because like oh, figure, yeah. figuring out the lowest comp because I, like I have Tetris, made I think at this crazy. point I've made probably I don't know uh, probably close to five hundred icons um, in my design yes. life right and mm-hmm. you get you get decently good at creating icons and and distilling things down to the lowest common denominator when you have to do them in iconography and so. Yeah. Um, I actually think that part of it is fun. It's just putting it all together that I find even harder. Yeah, finding the cohesive flow for all of them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and you got to fill those margins. But it it is a good, it is a great design challenge to make like a really readable, cohesive, well thought out infographic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. design challenge for yourself if you want, um, you know, something to try this year. And then I just thought, like I'd mention, like a couple trends that I feel like are coming up. You know that I'm seeing a lot. Okay. Um, just before we phase out of this, um, number one that I think is like really cool that I'm seeing a lot of illustrators try out lately is a uh, risograph printing, which is like kind of um, a, a modified version of a copy machine that only prints like certain colors. So it's sort of a, in between screen printing and regular printing. It's a very interesting process, and I've seen ton of people trying this out right now which is super cool i like it this is like illustration stuff going back to like a slightly more crafty thing which is you know like something that i like to do so i think that's pretty neat um i I think like color in general is something that i'm seeing like and and like not just monochromatic color like really bright colors really bold colors which is fun um i always think that that's cool and like i feel like a lot of clients usually are like afraid of those kind of colors but i've being asked to use those a lot more and i think that that's like super cool um and then i think like integrating motion and animation is like another thing that's like up and coming adding those little touches to kind of you know like to an illustration can like amplify it quite a lot and so like i think that that will be something that's like more and more and more yeah i remember this time last year you you patrick were bringing up the idea of uh leaving behind some skeuomorphism uh, for more whatever this thing is. But I, I feel like we are trending back towards some skeuomorphism. Can't, I would love it. I, I honestly would love for that to become the norm again. Side note. That's yeah. funny. Okay. Is that your category? You toss it to someone else? Mm-hmm. Yep. Give Andrew, it to Patrick. It this time. Oh, Patrick. <laughs> I was going to do you because I did Patrick before. Yeah. That's but what he- she said. <laughs> so time and time oh, again that that's what she one. continually says <laughs> it's gonna hide now <laughs> i'm done <laughs> all right 
right. I have TV, so I'm talking about Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope is a new TV show that's available on Netflix, and it's uh, it tells the story of a heist. I need to be clear before I continue. I've only Love seen one episode of this, but here's what makes Kaleidoscope very interesting. <laughs> Each episode of Kaleidoscope is named after a color. I believe there's eight in total. This show is set that as long as you watch the white episode as the finale. Oh, I heard about this. Every other episode can be watched in whatever order you want to watch it. And you're encouraged to watch it in different orders because it's going to change your experience. It's going to change the items that you feel are foreshadowing. It's going to change the the way you perceive um, important events or which events you hook onto. It's going to change your perception of the whatever happens in season. I haven't got to episode eight, obviously. I'm, I'm barely there. Um, it's going to change your perception of the big events there. It's going to change your point of view of those big events. So you're encouraged to watch these in, in basically a random order. And as long as you watch white last, you will get a cohesive experience. That's it. Sounds pretty cool. That's so. I can tell you hate it. <laughs> but to me, it who me? Yes, I can tell by your face. <laughs> I don't like your attitude, Lauren. <laughs> I made a vow. Just stating facts. <laughs> I made a vow to not say anything negative in 2023, and you're gonna make me. You're gonna make. Okay, well, me you did. You gave a um, a negative leaning expression that <laughs> I'm picking up on. So this you didn't is say just it, my face. <laughs> that being said, I hate this. Um, no, it's a, it it makes me feel like you're going to be watching the same scenes. There's other movies that have done this, like, you know, like where, like, you know, like, um, the last duel where like you see like three people's perspective of the same event and some were pretty different than the like other people's, but it is all the same party. But, But to be clear, that's not what happens here. So here it is a full on chronological story. And, well, it's chronological if you watch it in the right order. But when you take out episodes, (laughs) you literally change the chronology. So it's not like all the episodes are like, there's six people and six episodes and six points of view. It's not that. You're still following largely the same people along this same arc. Okay. But you are rearranging the arc. Okay. That's interesting. It seems too good to be true. That's what it feels I'm like. Really like that that feels it. too good to be true. It feels like it, like if you told me that you could solve a, an escape room by that there's there's six main puzzles in an escape room and that it didn't matter what order you solved the puzzles in as long as you solved them and then you could get out, I would call bullshit on that because even in an escape room there's a there's a there's a, a path through which you have to go to get there. So you saying that this is the case, like, I love the idea. I'm very, very skeptical that this actually could function like a plug and play, like uh choose your own adventure style. And you still get to the end. Like, and it still makes sense. Like I'm, I'm very, I'm very skeptical. Do you know how many paths to the end there are in life? So with the seven episodes, assuming that you watch, you do what they asked and watch white last 5,040 possible ways to watch this I show. can't watch that much TV unless it's Shit's Creek, in which case I'm, I'm in. <laughs> I think it's pretty interesting, especially because, like, I'm someone who loves talking about TV with people where, like, you what? would literally be getting, like, different clues, you know, from your friends if you talk to them because you're watching it in a different order on a different account. Like, I think that's kind of interesting. Mm. 
well, or maybe that's like horrifying because it's impossible to like not spoil it for someone. So oh, what yeah. we did, so actually someone has post Vulture po- posted like a couple ways to watch the show and it's not very in depth. They they basically say you can watch it forward or backward or here's a random order. So it's not very helpful. But if you if you watch it backward, does it say like chronologically you are Satan's? Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so what's interesting is the white episode is not even chron- chronologically the last episode. It's actually technically the next to last episode if you were to watch it perfectly that way. Uh, but that said, Vulture posted a list of these are the episodes in order. And so we started with, okay, this is the oldest one, so we'll start uh, here. Boo, you didn't actually do it the random way. You, you, you like proposed this cool experiment and then you just threw it out the window. I didn't propose <laughs> it. The people that made the show proposed <laughs> wait a minute. it. This is I feel one like of the that would be having fun of watching the show is to try this. Wait like, a minute, wait, 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 wait. Patrick has only watched one episode. He can still watch this that's however true. he wants. Yeah, that's that's yeah, like, true. Why are I he acting still like this? Shake has- my hat. <laughs> I think you should, because I feel like that's like th- that's like this is the only show that exists like that. Why not give it a try that like this weird way? Like I think that's kind of neat. Or or at least if you're gonna watch it one way through, at least commit to watching it another way through immediately after or something. Yeah, I, I get, yeah. What I mean, maybe you won't feel like you need to at the end. I don't know what it's about. Even I've just heard this kind of proposal. It's a heist. I think uh, I said yeah, that. It's okay, a, yeah, okay. Yeah, you did say that. Sorry. The whole thing is just covering a heist. Yeah. Um, and the the. So I guess you'll leads. know the outcome because the white episode is the final episode. So you'll know the outcome. Yes, yeah. I I believe that the white episode is the meat of the heist. I don't know that that's true because I haven't seen it yet. But I think that that's what it is. Um, Super but interesting. you will love to know that uh, the actor that played uh, Gus. Fring. Gus Fring? Fring. That's like the only thing I knew about this show. I knew I was going to say it Gus that I know. Uh, Yeah. He is one of the main characters in this show. I love him. Yeah. Oh, he's 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 fantastic. You know, I loved him in Breaking Bad, and yet I haven't seen very much other things with him that he wasn't, frankly, beyond like a cameo. Better Call Saul? Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. He played the same. <laughs> he played the same character in Better Call Saul. Yeah, but that said, even in just this one episode, I've actually really, really enjoyed him. So, uh, still killing it. What if he does a buddy comedy? I actually would love to see that because because when I had it like watching him on TV, he always plays a bad guy and he's very scary and very good at being a bad guy. But when I was watching the like Mandalorian panel at Star Wars Celebration, he is the funniest guy. Like he was making everybody laugh. He was joking around. Well, I'm, I'm saying, like, give this guy him, a comedy. I want to watch it. And and Jack Black are are yes. two mall cops that uh, that <laughs> stumble upon the 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 biggest heist of the century and at this mall, and they've got to they've got to get through this crazy swirl of antics. I'd watch that in a heartbeat. I, I would absolutely watch this movie. I like the two of them enough that, like, pretty much no matter what the premise was, I would check this movie out. <laughs> so yes, Kaleidoscope on Netflix. It's a heist show. But so we made up our own. Maybe that's watched, one of the. Directions. It's called the Telescope. You do make up your own, and uh, so far, first episode, very good. Very intense. Intense enough that we finished it, and my wife was immediately like, "I can't watch another." I want to talk to you guys about a couple things. Uh, my my category okay. is going to be games, and specifically quick play card games. I've got the uh, I've got some games that I got over the break, um, specifically for the holidays. Um, that uh, that I just want to talk about really quickly. Three of them, to be exact. Um, one of them is a game that um, Becca got me for my birthday. It's called Ransom Notes. You can get this game. 
um, at Target, I believe. Actually, I think you can get all of these games at Target, so they're easily accessible oh, games. Great. Ransom Notes is a, a game where somebody pulls up, it's a lot like apples to apples, somebody pulls up a prompt, um, and this says, at, like, for instance, on the back, it says, ask a child in, in, in the airplane seat behind you to stop kicking. Everybody has a pile of words that are cut out, just individual words that are cut out to look like they're from like a, an old typewriter mm-hmm. or whatever. And the goal is to, they're all magnetic. You have a little board and you've got 90 seconds to compile a sentence with a few words or uh, you're trying to convey an idea with um, to get this across, but you're only allowed to use the words that are sitting in front of you. And there's like a pile that I think you can get up to like 75 words or whatever. Because there's a bunch of them. But like for the example here is ask a child in an airplane seat behind you to stop kicking. The example on here says, young man, why foot enemy? I suffer. <laughs> so like <laughs> the idea is to convey these, these things. And then um, you spin the box. Uh, on the inside of the box, there's a thing that says who's, who is responsible for picking. And then whoever it points at, it's like spin the bottle essentially. Whoever it points at, that person is responsible for picking the one that's either the most fun, the most clever, um, the most accurate, whatever it is, like apples to apples, any of these other games, the game of things, like those those kind of games where it is ultimately subjective because um, there were times where Gabe, when we were playing, Gabe should have won, um, but Becca was like, well, I don't want to give it to you because then you'll win, and so she gave it to someone else. Um, so it is subjective. I mean, technically, like, I don't know, it's kind of odd. Like, I think you could have table rules to like prevent that to some degree you could but um this is a this is a rare game where you can actually choose your own answer um and the table has to agree with you that yes that is indeed the best answer um most games preclude you from being able to do that so you really they, they set it up in such a way that everybody gets to play nobody's just throwing out crap crappy ones because they they're not going to get picked or they're you know they're responsible for picking or whatever like everyone really has an opportunity to win it's a very fast paced moving game um first person to like five cards or whatever like if you get if you win that that round you get the prompt card first person to collect four or five cards wins very fun it's it is like a teenage and up game we played with cooper i would argue he's just on the cusp of, he's a little bit more mature for his age he's 12 he'll be 13 in a, a month um teenagers I think and and up little kids. It, it some of it if if they're real little, it'll go over their head. But there are some PG thirteen and up um, words on here for sure. <laughs> so that's that game. Um, this other game is called oh. Cover Your Assets. Cover Your Assets, and this is a uh, straight up card game. It's a it's a set and um, a set making card game where you're trying to gain sets of cards that are worth uh, the most amount of money. And there's uh, various rules that allow you to steal cards from other people. But essentially, here's a couple of examples. Um, like this right here is a a um, mattress with cash stuff, stuffed underneath it. You have to get at least two of those to be able to play it. This one's worth $10,000. When you get two of them, it's 20. And as you, stack, as you stack them, there are ways to stack them. As you stack them, um, it just keeps going up incrementally. The first person to become a millionaire wins the game. You play in rounds until the person becomes a millionaire the end of the game fun thing about this game first of all it's super quick to play very easy to learn it's two to six players it can be a bit of a party game family style party game but it's by this company i had never heard of before and it's called grandpa beck's games (laughs) and their their logo is pretty cool it's got this like bowler hat where is it there we go it's got this bowler hat and it's a cool straightforward classy looking logo 
Um, yeah. And Grandpa Beck is an actual guy. And I know that because on the inside of the card, there's a thank you note from Grandpa Beck talking about how Aww. purchasing this, uh, this is all of his games are designed to be played with his family and they're all, they're all designed to be played around families. Um, and then on the back of this thank you card, on the back of this thank you card, Grand, Grandma Beck's recipes right there. She has a recipe for gold standard cheese dip. Oh, cute. <laughs> how how adorable is that's this so thing? That's so cute. So I, I feel like that's, I was that, that a Kickstarter game or how was that game made? I don't know. I don't know the history of this game. I got this at, at uh, I got this actually for Becca um, to celebrate her, uh, her new promotion um, because she's going to be the first one to be a millionaire. That's, I just, that's what I'm hoping I for. just imagine, <laughs> I, please save us all. I just imagine that was his way of like getting his wife on board with actually producing the game. Maybe. Yeah. Like I'll, <laughs> I'll, let you I'll put your recipe in it. Here, here's what his little guarantee on the back of the box. is. it's got a little illustration of him and here's what it says. Uh, we create games around our family table so that you can create lifelong memories around yours. Yeah. Like, Upgrades come on. are free. Updates cost money. Is that in there? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so cover your assets. It was it was only like a fifteen dollar, ten or fifteen dollar game. It's really, really, uh, really nice. I think we even had it in as a stocking stuffer. Maybe not, but it's like it's it's great and it's fun. It's easy to play, um, and it's just great. So, if for no other reason, support grandma, uh, grandma and grandpa Beck because they're they seem like they're some cool peeps. Um, unless they're dead now, I don't know when this game came out. They could be dead. Anyway, um, support no, the, they're immortal. Support, support the family. I don't know. I don't know. The Beck family. All right. The final game that I want to show you guys is, um, I think it's my favorite of all of them. And I got this for Cooper uh, for Christmas. And I mainly got it for the illustration, but the gameplay is actually super fun. This game is by um, the uh, Unstable Games. The game that they originally were known for is Unstable mm-hmm. Unicorns. They've made uh, Here to Slay. Um, they are the, they, they have made lots of games that we've talked about here on the show. This is one of their newer ones. It's called happy little dinosaurs smile. Ah, It's almost over. And the whole point of this game is to avoid disaster, to avoid being killed by meteors. And, um, there are three different types of disasters you're trying to avoid. It's a two to four player game to start with. Um, the, the, the character that I played with is uh, Nervous Rex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you've got, so cute. you've got Nervous Rex. You've got Bad Luck Bronto. See if I can show. Ba- Bad Luck Bronto. Um, <laughs> Cry Ceratops. <laughs> Cry Ceratops. And the, uh, the, um, the main character from the box, uh, Stego, is... Stego, there's Stego. Um, and so you're trying to avoid these. They're so cute. You're trying to avoid these disasters. And there are three different types of disasters. There's predatory disasters. There are environmental disasters. And then there are emotional disasters. Um, so I'm going to show you an example of each of these just, just for, for kicks and giggles. The illustrations are very, very funny and very cute. Emotional um, disasters. So these these are the three different kinds of disasters. Um, and they're, they, they vary with what they say. But like this one is... Um, a predatory disaster stomped. You're crushed by a mega dino and your herd awkwardly walks away. That's that's one of the Aww. cards. Um, so you're trying to avoid that disaster. Uh, or the environmental disaster. Leave me alone. You <laughs> get cut by a particularly sharp leaf. That leaf has a knife st- <laughs> taped to it. It looks so sad. 
um, the little dinosaur like cut up it's and, so then, bad. and then you've got uh, emotional disasters this one says the future is bleak you visit a fortune teller and the crystal ball explodes that can't be a good sign um, and so <laughs> these are the, the different kinds that you want to like try to avoid each character has a different <laughs> has different abilities um, and I say abilities that might sound like it might sound like it's advanced. It's like very, very minimal. You get a plus one or a minus one on ver- on the different disasters, depending on what character you have. Um, but then you get these weapons, and the weapons are are different, um, different <laughs> point values and different designs. This is a flaming chainsaw. Cha- okay. Um, this is uh, an instant card, so you have disaster insurance. If you lose the round and you would normally get that disaster card, you can take if you have the insurance. This insurance card, you can. Um, Shuffle it to the bottom of the deck. Uh, and maybe here's one. Speaking of killing Glenn, <laughs> the home yeah, run seriously. bat. Uh-huh. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> the home run bat. Different. Um, some of them have different uh, abilities as well as point value. Um, it is a very fun game. All of the characters are represented. Let me see if I can show you this without knocking everything out. All the characters are represented with these colorful, playful meeples. So, oh, like, I love those. Right up your alley, Lauren. I just Lauren. want those. I know. Um, and your goal is to try to get out. You gotta, you've got to um, try to get out before the meteor hits you. And so after 50 points, you escape. And if you, the way that you lose is you um, collect too many of particular kinds of disasters. Uh, and if you collect too many of, the, of those disasters, your character goes extinct. Um, you're trying to get out first or um, be the last dinosaur alive. And that gives you a win. This game already has three expansions. I love this game so much. I purchased two of the expansions. They'll be here on Wednesday from Amazon. It's so cute. Um, one of the expansions allows you to play from to go from four players up to six players. It adds two new characters, and you can play up to six players. And the other expansion I got, um, well, one, the one that I didn't get is all about relationships, <laughs> like broken relationships. <laughs> and the one that I did get is all about puberty. And so it's, it was, I thought it was absolutely perfect that I have a 12-year-old son. He's going to be 13 soon. And so um, the, the trials and disaster areas of puberty, it seemed, it seemed too perfect to pass up. So you called it the disaster area? The, dis, the disaster area? So That's what I always called mine. This is my disaster area. Um, so anyway, that game looks crazy cute and I love here to slay. So I feel like I'm going to try and get this game. <laughs> you should. This game was only 20 bucks, maybe, maybe 25. Again, it was at target happy little dinosaurs. You can get it on Amazon prime. Uh, you can get it in two days. Um, so pick it up and you can get all of the expansions on prime as well. Um, unless you don't want to support, um, Amazon, it's going to be harder for you to find the expansions. They didn't have the expansions at target. Um, but maybe your local game store would have it. Okay. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna be done. I think that was it. I was the last one to cover. And so you can find all the things that we talked about over in uh the, the over in the internet. Just go into the internet and once you're in there, go to m of one.network. While you're there, you can find show notes and links to all the stuff that we uh that we talked about in this one. You can pick up any of these games, you can um Stay away from certain uh, places that take your money. I can't remember what you called it. The Fibonacci series. 
Filmora. 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 Uh, you can check all that stuff out there, and um, you can find uh, an archive full of all sorts of stuff, all sorts of episodes. This is for episode 491 of just yeah, this style of show. It's insane. Crazy, crazy. Um, but you can also join the conversation over in Slack. Be a part of the conversation every single day, part of our community over in Slack. Just go to mbof1.network slash Slack um, to be a part of that. We want to see you in there. It's all hours of the day, all days of the week, all weeks of the month, and all months of the year. That's right. Speaking of years, it's 2023, baby. You can catch us live on, on Twitch right here. Never miss an episode. Follow and subscribe. Twitch.tv slash M of One Podcast. If you're watching us right now, you already know this. If you're just listening, we talked about a lot of stuff that was very visual. Uh, so we, we are more and more talking about things that are visual. This is a visual show. Come watch. Be a part of it. You can be in part yeah, of sure. the conversation while it's great. happening. It's great. It's super nice. Uh, but just go over to twitch.tv slash of one podcast. Follow the show so you know that when we're, you know when we're going to go live. We have different shows that go live all the time. Subscribe mm-hmm. to us. You'll be reminded of that stuff. And you don't even have to throw your own money at us. You can use Jeff Bezos' dollars and just use your Prime subscription to be a part of our friend group here on Twitch. And then finally, subscribe, rate, and review the show everywhere where podcasts are sold. We do have a new review. There are no special. There were no special voices um, given to us to read this in. So I can only assume they wanted me to read this in my best radio voice. Is that what you would think, Patrick? <laughs> yes. Okay. Here we go. This uh, this one is from someone called Kreider Designs via Apple Podcasts, and it says this. Oh, an excellent podcast for the pop culture enthusiast. Five stars. Whether they're talking about design trends, dissecting the latest blockbuster, or arguing over pop culture, each show is informative, humorous, (laughs) and joyful. Lauren, Patrick, and Andrew are delightfully charming and have a great dynamic that provides for a great hangout-style podcast with just enough structure to keep things on the rails. (laughs) Sometimes. Topics change weekly, so the show doesn't get stale. Give it a listen. What are you waiting for? There you go. That was good. That was great. I'm gonna give Thank myself a round of applause. I gave myself, <laughs> I gave myself goosebumps at how good that was. That was really good. Aww. And thank you, Kreider. That was very nice of you. Yes, it was a very <laughs> nice review. Um, thank you, Kreider Designs, whoever that is. There, there's no way to know <laughs> who that is for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so you can also leave your review on podcast because um, we want to read it. And if you give us a special a special accent to use, or if you tell us someone specific that you want to read it or how you want us to read it, we will do that. We will pander to you. Yeah. We ha- we are not above that. Like yeah. we are, we are <laughs> below that. But that way we would be raising to even do something with that level yeah. of production value. So please do that. <laughs> Just leave a review. Doesn't take any money. Doesn't take very much time. And it's super helpful for us. All right. On that note, we need to roll our dice to find out what we're talking about next week. And I promise we will all play by the rules. Patrick, um, oh, no, three <laughs> for my primary for my category. Three TV. I got a past three. So past TV again. I got a ten and a one. Film. So a past film. And I got a four. I probably haven't seen it. I got art. Cool. Okay. And a two. So art. Easy. Past. Easy. Before we um before we roll out of this episode though, it is important to state that uh. I am very, 2022 was the year of Dungeons and Dragons for me. 
Yeah. And I want yeah. 2023 to be even more dungeony and dragony because oh, yeah. uh I've got character names already picked out and I'm just waiting to build a character. Do you have like me. um like yeah, do you have anything else picked out like what like race or class you want and stuff? No, not yet, but I'll tell you the character's name because I'm so excited about it. It's yes. CW Fuggins. <laughs> <laughs> Name. <laughs> um, How do you come up with your your D and D names? Andrew? I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Becca came up with that one with me. <laughs> I think I said Fuggins. Like like I I love the the name Fug like F U G G I N S Fuggins. And I said I need yeah. a first name. She said C W. Like CW Fuggins. Like that that fits really. I do well. I do like that a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, we do need to bring back. Uh, we do need to bring back the uh, Dungeons and Designers crew. I, I agree with you, yeah. Will, in the chat. Um, it's it's time. Like I'm, my dice are getting rusty. Um, <laughs> they need to be. Oiled. I'll play. But on that note, we are going to call this episode done. Uh, we look forward to checking out. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. I panicked. Adios. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna get out of this episode. I'm Andrew. I'm Lauren. I'm Patrick. Peace out. Adios. Bye bye. <laughs>